So we're talking on joy this morning. If you are into titles, the title is called Joy Unspeakable, and that will make more sense here in a little bit. Um, because how many times, you know, it's not always about uh, things going good, but you still have to speak joy. Joy is this inner strength. Um, and so we're going to start in Matthew chapter 1, and uh, we're going to start in verse 18. This is talking about the birth of, of, of Christ and how the whole thing went down. And uh, this morning in verse 18 it says this, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was not okay with it. <laughs> it doesn't say that. Was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, I thank you for this incredible attribute of who you are, that you give us joy in the midst of pain, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of chaos and confusion. Lord, that you are joy. God, I thank you that you don't give us joy, you are joy. And so, Lord, I thank you that you would give us joy this week, that you would allow us to meditate on the fact of who you are, that you came as a baby, God, that you came with so many different things. And so, Lord, let us be reminded of who you are, Lord, in this Christmas season, God. Let us be reminded of, of the faithfulness and the consistency of who you are. And, God, I pray that our lives would make you famous, God. And, Lord, I pray that we, our lives would bring you fame in everything that we do. And uh, we just love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I was thinking about this, and, and many of you would know that this would be one of the most exciting times of, of people's lives, right? When you get engaged and you get married, this is one of the most exciting times of your life. If you haven't done that, you'll understand that. If you have, you understand that. And, and so I love this, this, uh, this whole aspect of, of, of Joseph and Mary, and she's engaged, and she gets, you know, this, she's conceiving this, this Messiah. But I was thinking about how imagine how she would have felt and how Joseph would have felt in this, in this moment. And I started thinking how all of us, we, we love this time of year, but the, that we're all facing different things in our lives. We all have a different story right now, right? Many of us are all in different seasons. We have different things going on. We have things that we're dreaming of, we're believing, believing for, we're going through, we're struggling with, all different seasons. And the one thing I really wanted to, 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 to say this, this morning is this, is that you need to watch more Hallmark movies. If you are still struggling with happiness, all it is is one show away. One more Hallmark will get you there. All the men said amen? No? Okay. That's why you were in the situation you're in, my friend. All it takes is one more Christmas card. If you haven't seen it, it'll change your life, okay? I almost wore my Hallmark sweater shirt this morning. I chose not to do that. Um, but, you know, Hallmark, what do we love about Hallmark, all the men? What do you love about it? You love that sadness over is overtaken with joy. You love, am I right? You love that love always conquers. Love always wins. The, the, all, everybody's happy in the end. It snows right? I mean, there's Christmas trees, there's hot chocolate. What else do you need? And I love that they're predictable. Dang it. I love that I know I can figure out the end before it gets there, that someone is going to fall in love. 
And look, I want you to know this morning, really, if you just, if you need to be a little happier after church, go grab something to eat, cuddle up on the couch and watch your homework, and you're going to be okay. All right? It's, I'm just kidding. But I, I thought that that is something you do need to do, because it's almost, it, Christmas is almost here. You've only got a few more, few more weeks to get them in. All right, so some of y'all guys are like, really? I'm never coming back. You ask your wife. She'll, she'll appreciate you. So, so Matthew 18, this is the story of Jesus being born. And, and in this, it's the story of, of Mary having this excitement of being engaged. And then all of a sudden, she's told by the Holy Spirit or by an angel that she's going to conceive the, the Messiah. And, and, and imagining all of this, the weight of what her assignment was, that she went from amazing happiness and joy on the outside to in the moment of a conversation, everything changes. Because now she's going from, I'm getting engaged, I'm getting married, to, hey, I'm pregnant. And how many of you know that sometimes that's what happens in life? Like everything is great, everything is going smooth, and then all of a sudden, hey, and so how is it do we live our lives in this world and still be able to remain joyful even when things are not the way that you would have predicted, the way that you would have, have, have desired them to be? Because I don't even know, Mary did not sign up and say, hey, I want to carry the Messiah. What happened was is that God saw her and said, I want to use you as the one who would carry the Messiah. And, and I was thinking about this as... As if us, you know, you are carriers of an assignment of God. That God is wanting to birth something on the inside of you and I. And oftentimes, that, that with that comes maybe someone else to, to perceive us differently. Because how many of you know, Mary in this moment had some explaining to do to a lot of people. Because in this culture, even today's culture, it's not looked upon to have a baby outside of marriage. But it does happen, and people begin to look at you, they, have, they begin to gossip about you, they have, you begin to take on a reputation. And she is having to do something that God is asking her to do, and yet she's being looked upon in a certain way. And I believe that there are assignments in each and every one of you, and that sometimes those assignments bring pain. Sometimes they bring misunderstanding. Maybe sometimes they don't always fully uh, unveil themselves as as they, what they are in the beginning. And so how do you get through that into the season of delivery and carrying out the birth, the birthing place of this assignment? And, and I, I believe that, that you and I have to be really filled with something outside of just happiness. See, a lot of us are, are, are we build our lives on happiness. Like, understand i'm going to go into this in a minute but joy and happiness are two very different things and i'm going to get into that in just a moment but what i love about mary is that god allowed her to carry this baby he didn't just show up and said hey here's your baby and put it put it in her arms i believe that he let her carry he carried she she carried him for a reason and this is the reason i believe is that that joy is the reality that no matter how close pain is christ is closer See, what happened was in the middle of all of those things that were happening to her externally, she was reminded every step that she took as that baby began to move in that womb, that she was reminded and she was filled with the purpose on the inside of her. 
And look, at the end of the day, many of you are going to be, you're going to be carrying God's assignment, and you're going to be misunderstood, you're going to be misrepresented, you're not going to fully understand, but there's something on the inside of you that every time you step, you know that you're, you're carrying the call of God on your life. And that is the only thing that motivates you and moves you forward, because, because Mary went from in one city to another city to now running from them and being, being chased. There, there was nothing joyful externally about her life. The only thing that motivated her and moved her was what was happening internally. Knowing that if I continue to progress and continue to move in, in, the, in the call of God, and in the direction of my destiny, that God, God's joy will fill me and sustain me and get me through this. I mean, I think that we forget that Mary probably laid on her bed at times at night weeping and crying that I wish this wasn't me having to carry this. I think we just look at Mary and be like, oh, Mary was the privileged daughter. She got to carry the Messiah. But you understand what the reputation that came with that. And the only thing that is going to sometimes sustain you and I is a joy internally when everything else outside of us isn't able to be fixed. Because if Mary could have fixed everything, she would have tried to fix her reputation. She would have tried to, to do all of these external things to try to fix. But she had something on the inside that required her to not to have to fix anything. See, some of you are spending so much of your life trying to make sure that your life looks better on the outside instead of just allowing the Holy Spirit to give you joy on the inside and you to be content with where you're at in your life. See, Mary didn't have to try to fix all this stuff. She just did what she did and she was obedient to God. And in that, God sustained her and gave her a joy that would help her walk through her assignment on this earth. Right? I love it. It goes on and it says this. It says, and, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the, Lord, the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relationships with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. See, joy really is, what joy is, is Emmanuel, God with us. It is the reality of knowing that no matter who is against us, or no matter what is against us, no matter what may be coming at us, Emmanuel, God with us, is inside of us. That, that, that is what sustains us. I think that we a lot of times think of joy as like a smile. Like as long as you can walk through life with a smile, you're joyful. That is not what joy is. Joy is not an external a smile or an external emotion. It is something that gives you the strength to take another step. Joy doesn't mean that you don't go through with tears. That you don't go through with pain. That you don't go through life with some things going on. Joy is the ability to give you that gives you the force to take another step when everybody else says you shouldn't be taking it. I don't know how they're doing it. It is joy that gives you the strength. The Bible says this, that the joy of the Lord is my strength, right? There is a strength that has the ability to live on the inside of you, and it is the one thing that moves your foot forward when everything else says you shouldn't be able to walk. Everything that says you shouldn't be able to get through this. I don't know how you could step into another relationship after what you've gone through. Joy allows you to do it. 
Joy is this capacity that comes from heaven, and it comes in, and it, in, it, it, it infiltrates your heart and your mind and your soul. See, that, uh, Mary and Joseph, everything was great until the angel came and messed everything up. Keep in mind, look, heaven was involved in this. And sometimes we, we look to everything else, but sometimes heaven is wanting to help stretch you and make you what God sees in you. Because God saw Mary that she was capable of carrying the Messiah. And in that, he gave her joy to do the assignment. Some of you all are doing your assignment. Some of you all are being faithful and you're doing things for God, but you're not doing it joyfully. See, joy is the ability to be able to do the thing that God's calling you to do with a different type of attitude. With a different type of, of, of composure. Like, I'm just doing this for the Lord. I, I'm throwing food and I'm just serving the, the homeless. I'm doing whatever it may be. I'm doing the jail ministry. I'm doing this. I'm do, and it's like, I, you're doing whatever. I'm just serving my family. I'm just whatever. And it's like, if you add a little joy in there. Because see, sometimes we're just content. We're, well, I'm doing something. Are you doing it with the strength and the joy of the Lord? Mary, you would have never known that she was not happy. Because she was doing it in the joy of the Lord. See, our joy is Christ coming to conquer death. That's literally what happened, right? Jesus is coming. He comes into the earth, right? To do what? To conquer death, hell, and the grave. That is what joy is. is joy in you is coming to conquer death. It may be through it may be through your ability to pray. It may be through different gifts that you have. But understand that joy in you is coming to conquer death, to swallow up death. Where death may be prevalent in your family. It may be in, in different situations. That joy is this power that overtakes death, right? So, so joy isn't something that can be manufactured. I think a lot of times we do think that. It's like, well, if I do this and this and this, then I'll have joy. If I go to church... I'll have joy. If I pray, I'll have joy. If I have, if I, and it's what you can manufacture. Joy isn't something you can manufacture. If it is, there would be a lot of wealthy people here. Because joy isn't something manufactured. It's not an external element. It's not something that you can go up to Walmart, however you can buy pretty much anything from Walmart. But joy, you're not going to find there. You're not going to find this external element picked up and be like, well, okay, I'm all fixed up. Because what joy does is joy inquire, it requires you to have to lean on God. It requires you to have to trust in God to be able to get that type of strength. That's why the Bible says the joy of the Lord is the, is the strength. The joy of the Lord is, okay, let me do this again. The joy of the Lord is my strength, right? It's, it's whose strength? It's the Lord's strength. And in that, your strength, your joy comes from God. Right? I know we know this, but really, how many of us are really trying to pursue God instead of an external element to bring a happiness, to bring joy in us? I mean, y'all, many of you have got a list, and you're like, I'm going to, can't wait for Christmas. If I get these things, then I will be adequately happy. And some of y'all are going to open up gifts, and you're going to be like, oh, thank you. Oil trinkets, I'm going to give those to somebody else. I got one of those one time. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> it was for my mom. She thought I needed things to put oil on. If she listens to this message, I'm in trouble. But hey. But sometimes, you know, people give you things and, you know, what do you do? 
you put them on Facebook and sell them. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But look, joy isn't something that you're going to get for Christmas. Joy isn't something you're going to get from your, from your wife or your husband or your kids. Joy isn't going to be something that you get from something externally. Joy only comes from the Lord. It only comes from Him and Him alone. So I was thinking about how oftentimes we, we do all of these different crazy things to try to, to try to acquire joy. And so I was thinking about doing this illustration because at the end of the day, joy and happiness are two very different things. Happiness, think of the key word, happiness. Happiness bases, is based on what's happening to you, right? I am happy as long as good things are happening to me. The moment things stop happening, I'm not happy, right? But we, we toss them both up and we say happiness and joy are equal. They're very different things. Happiness you can get externally. As long as you have great things happening to you, then you're happy. But the moment you take those things away, happiness is dissolved. So I want to do this illustration. If you would uh, come up here, Kit. You, you look real Christmassy. Need a marker? Oh, really? Christmas cards. Think about some things that would really make you happy. What is it? Oh, good one. Um, all the parents. Palm children. Okay. Sweet wife. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Steaks. Ooh, come on, somebody. That's man. You're having no problem doing this. Okay. And a third. Oh, more food. <laughs> More Chick-fil-A. Do you like Chick-fil-A? Popeye's better than Chick-fil-A. That's a different discussion. All right, cool. Okay, so, so here's the deal. This is what happiness looks like a lot of times for us. That, <laughs> I thought my chips were up. So, so grab one of these. No, no, the, the Christian. And just throw it up in the air and just keep, oh, hold on. There you go. So, no, okay, bad you, you got to keep it going, buddy. Oh, to keep yourself keep with more Chick-fil-A, you got to keep it going. Yeah, keep going. Don't just keep going. There you go. Okay, cool. So so now you want to calm children, so go ahead and pick that one up. But keep that one going. Keep that one going. Keep that one going. Oh, you just lost more Chick-fil-A. There you go. Keep going. Oh, but you wanted steak, too. So here you go. Here you go. All right, keep going. See, this is what we look like in life, literally. In real life, this is what a lot of us look like is that we are happy as long as we can keep these things going. And, but there comes a point where what we started with is one thing, but we keep adding to the happiness, and we're trying to juggle calm kids, and we're trying to steaks and Chick-fil-A. You, dude, you got to step your game up. Come on, man, look at me. But, and so there becomes a time where, there you go, right, just combine them all up and just be like, it is what it is. Right? And this is what we do, is we, we, we are happy as long as we can keep dancing with the things that we've called happiness. And this is what we have, as Christians, this is what a lot of us look like. You can, you can quit. <laughs> Bless you, Jar. Good job. And, and so what happens is if Kit continued to do that, and it was really contingent on him keeping those things going is what he gets, what happens? 
frustration begins to set in. So now where once it was happiness, if I could have a, a, a nice wife, or I could have great kill, kids, or I could have a lot of food, or I could have this, or I could have that. And you dance along with all of these different things, right? There comes a point where you cannot sustain all of those things. Because what you're trying to do is acquire things that God is not asking of you. And so you're juggling happiness based on what you want instead of what God has for you. Now, what you can do is in this, if God blesses you with kids and God blesses you with different things, what happens is I believe that as Kit was doing that, I believe that this is what joy is, is that joy comes in, which is Christ, and he comes in and he begins to help you juggle those things. And the joy of the Lord is what he's willing to do in your, in your midst, that he's willing to help you carry out these things. But so many of us have spent so much of our energy juggling and bouncing and going back and forth between what makes us happy. But notice that there was no faith in there. There was no Christ in there. That really the only thing that's going to truly make you joyful is when you begin to acquire, when you begin to allow Christ in. And in him, you allow him to come into your world and to help you do what God is asking you to do. See, Mary in this moment could have easily tried to juggle all of these different things. Well, I'll, I'll cover it up, and I'll do whatever I think so we can get married. And I'll be like, oh, surprise, we got pregnant on our honeymoon. But there was a problem. I wonder how many people have done that. We've got to get married. But you know what I'm saying? Like, she, spent, she could have easily spent her entire life trying to juggle things to make her happy. When she said, you know what, I don't want happiness, I want joy. You know what's the cool thing about joy is you don't have to work for it. Kit had to work for his happiness. Joy, all you do is receive it. There's a big difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is what's happening. Joy is who you're surrendered to. Joy is who you're connected to. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord can be your strength. In James chapter 2, it says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Trouble and joy. Isn't it interesting that, that in scripture, joy is considered or found in trouble. When trouble comes, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Not just joy, great joy. So how does that compute with our theology? Like how does that, how, how do we process that? Like you mean when I'm driving down the road and I'm going 55 miles an hour on vacation or 65, whatever you are, and I get a flat, all I do is I scream out, thank you, Lord. Woo! That would be good if you're there. I'm not quite there yet. But what happens is this. It says this, consider it. An opportunity. I, my question and challenge for us is what are we not giving an opportunity to be able to find joy in? Consider it an opportunity as you go through various trials and tribulations for it is the building of your faith. Consider it an opportunity. To me it is crazy that God would say consider it an opportunity as you go through trouble that you would find joy. Because in our world we think of that as as completely different. Like if I'm in trouble, then I'm not happy and I just can't have, I can't get through life. But Jesus, understand, this is what you've got to understand is that God is doing a lot more when you're going through trouble and that's why you find it joyful. 
Because you know that even in the midst of pain and even in the midst of uncertainty, that God is still working in you and working through you. And that's why you can consider it joy. That just because things are happening to you doesn't mean God hasn't stopped working in you. Doesn't mean that God is still not doing something for you and through you. That is why you consider it joy. Consider it joy as you go through things because now you know God is working in me. I didn't finish the scripture because this is what it says. Verse 3 says this, for you know when your faith is tested, have you all know that when, you're, when your life is having things hit it, faith is tested, right? Have you ever heard someone have something happen to them tragic? They've lost somebody. They've, they've lost their job. They've had something tragic happen to them. What do they do? I wonder if God even loves me. I wonder if God cares. Maybe you've said that. But see, what happens is what you're doing is what you're saying is you're, you're questioning your faith. Right, you're questioning the faith that you put in this God. But scripture tells us that when these things happen, consider it an opportunity. And so many of us are forsaking an opportunity because we don't fully understand the theology of God. That God in the middle of bad things and trouble, in times of chaos, God can still work through the negative and bring something incredible through it. See, what we do is we put so much energy on the external things. Joy loses sight of all of that. It says, God, you're doing something way bigger in me. So I'm going to consider it joy. Right? So here's the point. Joy is, is about, what's, it's, it's about what's happening internally, not about what's happening externally. If you continue to look about in your life and you can continue to, to, try to, to try to gauge your happiness and your joy based on external things, you will always be a miserable Christian. You will always, always be miserable. Because at the end of the day, life is not fair. Life is not predictable. Life is never going to say, hey, it's going to give you forewarning. So what you have to do is you have to know that there is a God in me that knows my beginning from my end to my beginning, and I'm going to trust in him, and in that, I am going to consider it joy. Because in that, not only is my faith going to grow, but my endurance, my ability to continue to go, even though it's something bad. Oh, I know my God. He always shows up. I might be in the fire, but he always shows up. I might be standing in a Red Sea, and it may be all around me, but I know my God. And you have this ability to have endurance to go ahead and go, no, I know the nature and the character of the God that I serve. It is only in joy that you have that character and that nature that you say, no, you know what? God always comes through. I've been here before. It was way worse than that, and God came through, and God's going to come through again. That is joy. Joy is your ability to keep it together, not with a smile, not like, not fake it till you make it. It's to know reassurance and say, no, I know that my God is always, always faithful. But we put so much energy externally. I mean, let's be honest, right? All of us, a lot of our, our lives are based on right now what's happening outside of our lives, outside in, in our world, things that we can touch and feel and grab and comfort us. But joy doesn't tell us anything about being a comforter. Joy tells us about being a strengthener. That joy is a strength. And in that, you and I have the ability to get through anything. I think it's interesting that Jesus chose these four things that we would have. Because if you really 
if you were really to try to do anything you could, try to figure out anything in your life, it's going to fall into one of those four categories. Hope, peace, joy, and love. Joy is what you need. It's not about what everybody else is telling you. If you just get this job, you'll, your life will change. If you get married, everything will be better. Oh, just wait. You think you're spiritual, you'll find out how spiritual you are when you get married. And then when you have kids, like that's the progression. It's all about showing you how strong you think you are. Oh, you're strong? Okay, get married. Oh, you're strong? Have kids. Oh, have another kid. Oh, have another kid. Oh, okay. It's in those things that you realize, God, I've been putting so much energy on things out here that I've not leaned on you. And you are the strength of my life. Joy. Joy unspeakable. I just love, count it all joy as you go through various trials and tribulations. For it is the building of your faith, leading to endurance. That's what I love about joy is joy will let you finish the race strong. The Bible also says don't grow weary in well-doing, right? You don't grow weary in well-doing because you've allowed joy to give you the strength to continue to finish. God wants you to be a finisher. But you are not going to be a finisher if everything on the outside when things happen, you know those people. I used to have a kid in youth. <laughs> I had a kid in youth. And literally every Wednesday, he would come to me and he would tell me what was wrong with him. And the next week, it was like a, it was like a, a medallion that he wore. Like, guess what's wrong with me today? I almost got him a shirt that said, guess what's wrong with me? Because every week, it was like he wore it as a golden badge. I think sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Oh, and it's like we, we use all of these things as this, as this thing that we, well, you know, this is what's happening to me. And it's like this thing that we cling to instead of allowing, look, this is what God's got me through. This is what Jesus did through my life. There's a counselor that I meet with on a monthly basis. And it was one of those things we just kind of set it up as a relationship and got to know him. And, and then it became this, I'm going to spend, you know, an hour and a half with him every month. And... Uh, his story is what drew me to him, and he's extremely brilliant. Um, but, but he was telling me about his story, and, and when you hear him talk, he talks like Elmer Fudd. It's like, like, like that. And for us, we would think that that's funny, but for him, it's because he only has 20% of his tongue. And so this is what happened, is about 10 years, 15 years ago, he lost his wife to cancer. And prior to that, though, he, him and his wife together, they were having lunch one day or dinner one night, and his son went and took his own life. And then after that, he finds out his wife has cancer. And then he loses her to cancer. And then about a, a year later, he finds out another person had died. He had lost everybody but his only other son in, in, his, in his family within like two years. And then... He finds out just after that that he has cancer. And this is what happened is they ended up having to remove 80% of his tongue. And they said, you'll never talk. You'll never eat. You'll be on, you know, you'll have a tube. You'll have to, you'll have to just be fed that way. And so, so every week that I sit or every month that I sit across the, 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 the table with him, I'm reminded of the strength that this man has. And it is not because of what's happened on the external side of him. Because I don't know very many people who can lose a son 
to suicide, lose a wife to cancer. B, he went through 10 different bouts of cancer. And to lose all of these other people, and I sit across the couch from him, and I'm amazed at the joy that this man has. Do you know how he has this joy? Because he's found that outside things don't fix me and don't give me strength and don't give me hope. It is the Christ in me that gives me joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I have to let you know this morning that if you want to get through this life, it is not going to be about your 401k. It is not going to be about your houses you have and the relationships you have. It is going to be about the one thing that you do have, and that is Christ. Emmanuel, God is with you. That is what's going to get you through. And I'm reminded every time I meet with him, he says some of the most profound things. I remember telling him something. He says, yeah, God. He said, you know, we always hear God is faithful. He said, yeah, Satan's faithful. I thought, man, that's profound. <laughs> right? Think about it. I want you to know that Satan is always faithful. But God is too. God is faithful. And God will provide. And joy is our resource. Joy is the thing that we go to when we're in the middle of chaos and we're, consider it an opportunity. I pray that you and I would consider the things that we go through as an opportunity not to look at God and say, I thought you were a faithful God. To look at God and say, God, I know you're faithful, you're going to get me through this. Do you see, how, you see how joy changes the perspective? That joy sees that God is good enough to get you out of something that you're in. Whereas something that's not joy, it looks at God, I thought you were big enough to get me through this. I think we all want white glove Christianity. We want to go through life without any dust on our hands. There's nowhere in scripture that you're going to find that. The Bible says even if you want to be a believer to take up your cross. Right? Consider it joy as you go through various trials and tribulations for it is the building of your faith. We all want to be faith filled. But you don't get faith filled just by the, the, the length of your salvation. You, you get faith filled by what you're going through and who you lean into to get you through it. Joy is what gives you the strength to get through it. It's what gives you the power and the strength to override and to overcome those things. See, joy is this enduring strength. That where you don't think you can get through it, joy comes on you and says, look, you've got this. He goes before you, and he helps in your weakness. I mean, do we believe scripture or not? In our weakness, he is strong. Do we believe that? We believe it till it's something strong and something's wrong. We can prophesy and we can speak it over somebody else, but when things happen, who do you lean into? Is joy your strength? I've had to, I've had to learn in moments to say, you know what, God? You're bigger than this. I'm going to trust you, and that doesn't mean that I'm going to get my result. I'm going to get through this, though. I mean, Mary did not want to have to be looked upon the way she did, but she got through it. And when she was sitting at the feet of the, of the cross, seeing that Jesus was giving his life for eternity, for, I mean, for, for all of humanity, it changed that she went through it. And it's all about joy giving you a different perspective. Joy allows you to see things that you weren't able to quite see through your own lens. See, joy is an attitude. It says, you know what? This is tough, but God is good, and he will get me through this. It, I think that a lot of times we think of joy as this, like, we are, are we're just going to become immune to what's happening to us. 
It's like I'm sick. Oh, I'm not sick. Well, it doesn't mean that you just ignore what's going on in your life. I'm not going through a divorce. You are going through a divorce, but God's going to give you the strength to get through it. I mean, I don't know what's going on. God's going to give you the strength to get through it. He's going to give you the joy, his strength. That's what joy is. It is his strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It's Jesus' strength in me. That's what joy is. See, in, uh, in, in Psalms 5, it says this in verse 11. It says this, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. That's what joy does is joy gives you a place of rest. Joy gives you a place of shelter and protection. Joy gives you your voice back. How many of you have ever had something happen to you and you have lost your ability to joy, to rejoice and to praise God. You have lost your ability to lift up the name of God because you are so engulfed in the pain and the frustration and the confusion and the disappointment that you can't even lift up your voice to God. This is what joy does. Joy gives you your voice back. It gives you this ability to praise him when you Looking at the, the external situations, have no right to praise him. Why would you praise him and with what you're going through? Because you don't understand the God that I serve. That's what the scripture is all about. It says, but let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them sing joyful praises forever. And really the word joy is actually the same, same word as rejoice. Joy and rejoice are interchangeable. Why? Because joy gives you your voice to be able to praise and lift up him even when things aren't great. Even when things aren't perfect. You still have a voice to be able to lift up the name of God. I love even with the counselor I'm talking about. Even in that he has 20% of his tongue. He cannot talk but yet he can still praise and still rejoice and still lift up that God is faithful. That's what joy does. Joy, it, it gives you your ability to have a voice of praise back. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Understand that, that joy is not an emotional refuge that you get to go hide in. That's not what joy is. Joy is the strength to say, okay, I'm going to rise up and I'm going to stand up against this thing. I'm going to confront the pain. I'm going to confront the stuff that's going on around me. I'm going to confront it with the strength of the Lord. I want to challenge you this week. What are you running from that if you had joy you would face? That if you had the joy of the Lord, the strength of Christ, what would you look at and say, you know what, this isn't what I thought it would be. I thought marriage would be a little different. I thought raising kids would be a little different, but I'm going to face it with joy. Because you can raise kids without joy, or you can raise kids with joy. You can have a marriage without joy or you can have a marriage with joy. But understand, you're not going to get any of that without Christ being involved. You have to allow God into your marriage, into your family, into your finances, into your career, into your purpose, into your destiny. Before you're going to walk it out with joy. If you would stand with me this morning as we close. When I hear the joy of the Lord is my strength, this is what I think of. Let his joy be your joy. Let Christ's joy be your joy.
you know that God isn't scared and worried if Satan is going to overtake the world? Think about that. But most of us think that Satan is going to overtake us. Oh my gosh, this thing is so big, he's going to take me out. Jesus is never scared of what Satan is capable of. Because he understands who he is. That's what joy does. Joy understands, God, you've got this. Even when I don't understand it all, even when you impregnate a virgin woman, and you bring her and you call this Christmas and you bring in the Messiah that way. Look, however God's going to do it, just know that God's going to do it. That's what joy is. Joy is knowing, man, God, you're going to do this, and you're going to, you're going to, you're going to overtake the enemy. You're going to overtake our circumstances. You're going to overcome. It doesn't mean that you won't go through things. I mean, it is scriptural. As you go through things, count it all joy. Consider it joy as you go through trials and tribulations, for it is the building of your faith. So, so let's not. Let me say this. This is Doctor Doctor, the guy that I, I spent all this time with. He says, you know. A lot of people try to get through stuff instead of grow through stuff. That's what joy does. Joy doesn't let you get through something. Joy says, let's grow through this. Let's grow through this and see what God wants to allow, allow to come up in the inside of us and allow us to be able to be strengthened in an area we didn't have strength in. How many of you, have, you need strength in an area that you don't have strength in? You need the joy of the Lord. You need the joy of the Lord in that area. You need to allow God, okay, God, I need you to bring joy in this, in this situation. Let me be able to see this situation from your angle, from your viewpoint. That's what gives joy. Amen? As we close this morning, I want you to know that joy is our responsibility. Right, we talked about it, it says that, that we rejoice. In other words, what I'm saying is this, is that joy is not going to be like you're just going through something and then joy is just going to attach itself to you and you're like, okay, I'm good. Joy is going to be you rejoicing even in the midst of the pain and the problem and the uncertainty and the difficulty. That is what's going to bring you joy. It's like the scripture where it says where the enemy comes in like a flood, Jesus comes in and raises up a standard against it. As you vocalize and you lift up the voice of God and you praise him and you glorify him and say, God, man, I know that I'm going through this situation and this season is not what I thought it would be, God, but I lift up you and I thank you that you are faithful. As you rejoice, joy comes back. So what I want, what I want to ask you to do this week is look, as things come, that you would respond rejoicing that you would rejoice not at the thing that's happening to you not that not, oh gosh I'm glad God that you allowed me to have a flat I'm not saying that what I'm saying is rejoice in the fact that, okay God whatever this is I can't tell you how many times something's happened to me like that and it was for me to have an opportunity to minister to somebody else it was like that whole situation with my truck you know that my transmission went out and in that I said oh my gosh that's $3,000 down the drain. And in that, I looked at it and says, okay, I'm going to come into contact with a lot of different people through this. So, God, I'm going to let you get the glory in this. I may still have to pay the $3,000, but in that, what if me having a conversation with one person changes their eternal value? 
their eternal, their eternal destination. See, that's, you have to be able to see it from that perspective. Joy is the only thing that will allow you to see things like that. Right? Or we can continue to try to run the Kleenex boxes and try to keep things dancing and happening. And you can be happy that way. But there's going to be a moment where something trips you up and you can't get to that next thing. And joy is the only thing that will help you get there. God says, I got you. I got you. I'll keep this one going. Joy is the strength that you and I need. And Jesus came to give it to us. That is what Christmas is about. Christmas is about what God came to bring into the earth so that you and I could have access to it. Amen? I just want to pray over you this morning. If that's you this morning, you say, man, I am in a season. I am in a, a struggle right now. I need joy. I need to be able to see this from a different angle. I need to be able to see this from a different perspective. If that's you this morning, if you would lift your hand up real quick. I just want to pray with you. Thank you for those hands all over, all over. Thank you for being so transparent and, and, and lifting your hands. Because I know that's not easy. Because I want you to know that, that God doesn't see you as a number right now as you're lifting your hand. That God sees your story. And he sees what you're walking through. And he's, I believe he's going to give you strength. I believe he's going to give you joy in whatever it is that you're walking through right now. So, Father, I lift up every, every, single, every single life, every story, God, that they've got their hands raised, God, that they are in a season of whatever it may be, God. I pray that right now, God, that, Father, you would deposit joy on the inside of them, God, that with joy comes the strength to endure, to, to grow. God, let their faith be be able to grow. Let the endurance on the inside of them be able to finish the race, God, that they would continue to be contenders to be able to run the race that you've called them to, Lord. We love you. We thank you, Jesus, right now for what you're doing. God, let your joy fall on them. God, let their voices begin to proclaim the goodness and the faithfulness of the creator that they serve. God, let them put more energy in, 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 in praising and lifting up you, God, than what is happening to them, God. I really sense that, that, that you've, been, you've put too much energy, you've put too much wording into what's happening to you and the thing that you're dealing with than instead of lifting up the nature and the character of the God that you serve. So Lord, I pray that as they change the thing that they rejoice about, the thing that they change about what they, about what they lift up, God, and proclaim that, God, you would come in, God, that you would help them walk through this season. Father, we love you, we thank you. We praise you, God, for the testimonies that will come out of this, God. That the faith that will be de developed, God, for the endurance that will come alongside of them. Lord, we love you. We thank you. This morning, maybe you've never made Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. And you say, I, I want to I be able to have this joy that you talk about. Or maybe I've prayed the prayer, but I've never truly lived it out. I've never committed my life to Christ and walked this thing out. And, and this morning, I want to I not only accept him, but I want to live out my life for him. If that's you this morning, if you just slip your hand up real quick and just set it right back down if that's you. You say, that's me. I want to, I want to know who Christ is. I want to have him in my life as my Lord and my Savior. Father, I love you. We thank you, God, for what you're going to do this week. I thank you for the things that you're going to shift in our hearts, the perspectives that you're going to change because of the joy that you've put in the inside of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.